What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and we have more news regarding the New York Giants quarterback situation. We've been discussing Daniel Jeremiah quite a bit on this channel lately because he's been dropping some serious nuggets of information leading up to this 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. So again, to clarify, if you don't know Daniel Jeremiah, one of the most well-respected NFL insiders that there is, whenever he says something, Vegas lies change. Everyone listens. People act according to what Daniel Jeremiah is saying. He's very well connected. Used to be a scout for teams like the Ravens, the Eagles, still connected in many of those NFL circles. He's the guy to listen to when it comes to NFL draft news. And he had some very interesting insight on the upcoming draft for our New York Giants. He did his conference call with all the reporters around the NFL yesterday afternoon. And again, answered certain questions about the Giants that were pretty eye-opening. His responses talked about they do want a quarterback. That's pretty much what he said. He said they are looking for a quarterback. They don't feel super confident in Daniel Jones because of the injury. So they are definitely mulling the decision to draft a quarterback. And then he took it a step further by saying it's that number three overall pick that the New England Patriots own. There's a lot of speculation that the Patriots might take a quarterback early in the draft. Also might not. Maybe they go quarterback in free agency, and then that number three overall pick. The Giants were one of the teams that Jeremiah mentioned are interested in trading for that number three overall pick. Some of the other teams, the Falcons, few other teams behind the Giants in the draft order, but he did pinpoint Big Blue as one of the teams interested in moving up to that number three overall pick. So some pretty interesting news here from one of the biggest insiders in the NFL. We're going to go ahead and react to that, discuss what it means, and also react to the projected trade package that Daniel Jeremiah dropped. Three second round picks. We're going to dive into all that and react to it in this episode. But before we do so, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what is your reaction to Daniel Jeremiah kind of saying to all of the NFL reporters, watch the New York Giants. He pretty much took all those teams and put a big red circle around the Giants and said, keep an eye on them. It seems like they are the team that wants to move up to number three. And here's what it would cost them to do that. Well, I'm doing good, man. And listen, um, if you didn't watch the episode before this, talk about Michael Wenu or after, you know, we discuss what just happened in the NFL um, in terms of the salary cap. Now, you know, because it's the beginning of the episode, I'll give you a quick breakdown of how important this is. So the projected salary cap for the Giants this upcoming season, the whole of the NFL was about 242 to $245 million. Instead, they just boosted it 30 mil. So what that means is the estimate comes in at $255 million. That gives the Giants an additional $10 million to spend in free agency. Now, yes, players are going to want more because of that, but not to the point where it makes a significant dent in that $10 mil. Um, I think it opens up the possibility of bringing back Saquon, opens up the possibility of spending a little bit more on the offensive line, spending a little bit more on a pass rusher, um, you know, spending more on a CB2. Like, there are now opportunities for the Giants where there wasn't before. Now, let me add on another layer of excitement for you. The $30 million that we now have, you can restructure, max restructure, Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence to clear $25 million in salary space. You could cut Darren Waller and Mark Lewinsky and add another $12 million on top of that. So it's $37 million added to the already $30 million we have. The Giants could have 67 mil in available salary space maxed out this offseason. They can go crazy if they want to. Would I recommend it? Hell no. I would say be a little bit more conservative because you do not know what the future holds past Daniel Jones this upcoming season. However, 
that kind of uh, gives me a good segue into what I think the Giants should do in terms of Daniel Jeremiah saying it would cost three first-round picks to move up three spots and get your quarterback. Listen, okay, second I'm going to be his – se- Sorry, picks. three second-round picks. Yeah, thank you for the for the adjustment there. <laughs> Didn't want to scare rather, anybody. <laughs> no, seriously, that's, that's a good correction. Uh, definitely not three first-round. Three second-round picks, two this upcoming year, and then one next season. Would I be willing to do that? Absolutely. I know a lot of people are going to be like, ah, maybe not. Those two second round picks are very, very valuable. And yes, I agree. They are. This is a really deep draft draft class. However, you can supplement three second round draft picks. And look, you're not giving up a first round pick. So next year, you still have your first, which is like my priority personally. All it takes right now is two second round picks, which one of them we got, what, from Seattle, um, you know, for Leonard Williams. We didn't have it before. You can utilize these picks to go and get your future. Would you trade three second round picks for a chance at an elite quarterback prospect? Me, absolutely. Um, And the reason I'm willing to do it is this, aside from the fact that, that, you know, these three top quarterbacks are elite um, in their own respects. The money that we're about to save from getting out of Daniel Jones's deal. Um, so we have sixty-seven million maxed out this offseason, right? That's how much we have to allocate right now. We're not going to use all of it, right? Because you're going to most of these contracts are going to have low cap hits the first season, higher cap hits the second season. Traditionally, that's what Joe Shane has done over the last two years. So with that in mind, you kind of look at what the cap space next year looks like. Let's say the Giants spend. of their salary space in that regard. Maybe you spend 50 of the $67 million. You carry 15, $17 million into the season and you don't spend all of it. You you save a little bit of it. Um, Next year, when you take the Alan Dano Jones' contract, you open up a maximum $30 million in available salary space. Add it on to the extra 17 mil and the cap increasing again, you're looking at, you know, potentially 50, 60 mil on top of the 67 mil you have this year with a rookie quarterback under helm, right? That amount of money in two seasons, you can plug multiple liabilities long-term with proven players. Yes, you don't want to build a roster through free agency, but we're also banking on several young players to develop. Your rookie quarterback that you would conceivably draft in, in this upcoming year. Um, you know, would you obviously go and get a offensive lineman? Would you get a bring back Xavier McKinney? You know, go out, go and get a CB two. Go get a star pass rusher like a Bryce Huff or a Daniel Hunter. Like you can do a lot with that money. However, I'll ask you this, Anthony: Would you rather give up a second round pick, one second round pick this year, and a first next year, or three second round picks, um, two this year, next in in one next year? I know it's probably going to lean the second rounders, but maybe you have a different opinion. Um, that way you keep one those second round picks, one of them this year at least, and you're able to make that selection in a really deep class. You could find a WR1 in the second round potentially. Yeah, it's super difficult. And I know you kind of started out and you said, would I trade three second round picks? And you said, absolutely. And I'm kind of like, maybe it depends who for. See, you and I feel differently about some of these quarterbacks. Yes, I love Jaden Daniels. I think his upside is tremendous. But would I trade three second-round picks to move up and get Jaden Daniels? You would bang the table. You would sprint to the podium. You would you would make it happen. Me? I'd do it for Drake May, no doubt. But for Jaden Daniels, I love him. But I don't know if I love him that much because think about what you're sacrificing here, Alex. You're sacrificing a top-10 pick that you could spend anywhere and then also sacrificing two top 50 selections in this year's draft plus a top 50 selection in next year's draft that's three top 50 overall prospects in two drafts that is a lot i mean top 50 selections 
those guys turn into impact starters very quickly and long-term excellent players. I mean, think about the Giants' recent second-round picks. Wandale Robinson, a cornerstone piece. Xavier McKinney, a cornerstone piece. The second round has been where the Giants have made their money in recent years. And this year, two second-round picks. You mentioned that they could probably get a WR1 in this draft class. It is so deep at the wide receiver position. They could probably find somebody that they feel will develop into a primary receiving threat for their offense in the second round. On top of that, they could probably find a primary pass rusher in the second round. And if they want to, maybe even a CB2 alongside Deontay Banks. That's how stacked this draft class is across the board in the second round. If there was ever a draft that you wanted two second round picks, damn it, this is it. This is the year to have two second round picks. So for the Giants to have to trade away those two second round picks, it hurts. It stings. It is not something that I am necessarily comfortable doing. And I think that might be surprising to you, Alex. I think you probably thought I would be like, absolutely, sign me up. And at first glance, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go get the quarterback of the future. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, who are we doing it for? Who are we trading for in that scenario? And Jaden Daniels being the likely uh, option because you're expecting Caleb Williams to go one, you're expecting Drake May to go two. So Jaden Daniels on the board at three, maybe the Patriots aren't sold and the Giants are, but let's not act like Jaden Daniels is this can't-miss prospect. There's question marks about him, and that's something that the Giants need to consider. Now, we do have the scouting combine coming up. We know that the Giants are going to be taking a close look at these quarterbacks. We know that they're going to be interviewing with these quarterbacks. So if they feel like Jaden Daniels has all the makings on and off the field to be a franchise quarterback for the next 20 years, then yeah, they're going to be willing to sacrifice three second-round picks for a decade-plus of good quarterback play and stability at that position. However, if they have question marks, I think you're going to have to hold on to those four top 50 selections. They're really important to keep. And again, you can rebuild your roster in its entirety if you hit on those draft picks. You can find an impact starter on both sides of the ball in the second round of this year's draft. You can find an elite playmaker at the number six overall pick. And then in next year's draft, another impact starter with your second round pick. So it's really tough to sell away all of those top 50 selections. So then that's where I get caught up on the second half of your question now that I'll answer. Would I rather trade both of our seconds this year or one of our firsts next year, our, our only first next year? And I think I might lean towards that first round pick next year if I'm Joe Shane and Brian Dable, and here's why. Future draft capital to me if I'm Joe Shane is kind of like, will I even be able to use it? If I don't win this year, I'm gone. I don't have a first round pick next year. I'm a, an assistant or a front office executive on another team next year. So if I'm Joe Shane, I'm like, F it. I got to go all in. I got to get this quarterback. I'll trade away next year's first round pick. If we don't have a first round pick next year, so be it. If we do, it's pr probably because we traded up in the second round or traded away a player. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out then. But that's a bridge that you cross when you get there. This year, the Giants need to win. They need to add quality starters all over this roster. They have holes everywhere. So they need to retain certain players. Xavier McKinney needs to be retained. They need to sign certain players, an offensive lineman, a pass rusher. Those guys need to be added in free agency. But they also do need to add young talent to this roster as well that could step in and make plays. So if I'm Joe Shane, I'm looking at it from the perspective of I don't care about next year's first round pick nearly as much as I care about this year's top 50 selections because this year's top 50 selections they could save me my job. Next year's first round pick, I might not have a job in order to utilize that pick. So I would probably prefer if I were Joe Shane to trade away next year's first round pick and hold at least one of our second round picks in this year's draft class. That's where I stand. And then you also keep next year's second round pick in that trade package if you don't end up getting fired. But getting fired is a strong possibility for both Joe Shane and Brian Dable if this season doesn't go according to plan. 
one of the ways that we feel like this season can go according to plan, they can win games drafting a young rookie quarterback. So in order to get that quarterback, you're going to have to sacrifice some assets. Me personally, I know it's really tough. A lot of Giants fans say you can't give away your first round picks. Your team is built on those. NFL teams are built on day three picks. The picks that you have from four to seven, if you hit on those, that's how you become a contender. Look at all the best teams in the NFL. They draft well in the middle to late rounds. The New York Giants haven't been doing that. They need more draft capital in those rounds, more darts to throw at the board in the fourth through the seventh rounds. The first round picks, yes, you get the fifth year option on those contracts. Yes, you get the best prospects in the draft, but if you're not developing them properly, it doesn't matter. And really, it doesn't matter if you have the best offensive tackle in the in football um, from your first round draft pick, if you want to go that route, if you don't have a quarterback who's putting up numbers and you're not winning games, you can draft first round players that are excellent and you can keep losing but if you draft a quarterback and you hit on that, you're going to start winning, you're going to save your job, and you're going to create a whole bunch of other opportunities to bolster this roster. So I know I pretty I gave a pretty long-winded answer to your question, Alex, but I, I thought there was a lot to unpack there with how much am I willing to give up for that number three overall pick. And really, my answer, again, the long-winded version I just gave, but the short answer is it depends who we're trading up for. And I'm really conflicted either way. I'm just not sure about giving up all those assets for the third best quarterback in the draft class. Now, let's say that the Giants on their personal boards internally feel like Jaden Daniels is the number one quarterback in the draft, and that's who they're trading up for. I guarantee you they're going to sprint to the podium. They're going to make that move. But most teams don't view Jaden Daniels as the number one quarterback. A lot of them view him as number three. Some of them probably view him as number four because there are some real Mike uh, J.J. McCarthy enjoyers out there in the NFL, which I know stink face from Alex, but it's true. Some teams really like him and some teams don't feel that way about Jaden Daniels. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. I think the combine is going to be a really important step towards getting to the draft in terms of how those draft boards are going to shape out. But with the New York Giants, it's a lot to sacrifice. Those three second round picks, that's a pretty steep price tag. It's the precedent though, when the Jets moved up for Sam Darnold in 2018, they moved up from six to three, they gave up three second round picks. So that would be the price tag for the Giants to get the third best quarterback in this draft class. But that's really a curious thing. And I'm, I'm excited to read through the comments on this episode, Alex, and see how people feel about that. Like, how do you guys feel about trading for the third best quarterback in the draft class and giving up three top 50 players to do so? It's a, it's a pretty tough bridge to sell. So, Alex, those are, those are my full thoughts on the idea of trading up to number three. And again, that's the price tag that we're working with. Who knows if that changes? Maybe that price tag goes up. Maybe it goes down. We'll see. Maybe Jaden Daniels falls into the Giants' lap at six. The draft is such an unpredictable crapshoot. But just overall, I do have more hesitancy, I think, than you do to sacrificing those top 50 picks, mainly just because in the second round, you could probably find two quality starters. And this is a team with a lot of holes. You need two quality starters in this lineup. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand the take. I, I certainly do. Um, you know I love Jaden. You know that I would be fine taking Drake May, like either of those two guys. And to me, it's really about going, because both of those guys, in my opinion, have elite upside, right? Um, differences, obviously, in their game, but I both have elite upside. And, th and that's really what you have to go for at the quarterback position. Daniel Jones, I just, I don't see how you keep going down this road anymore. Um, his cap hit's going to be too high. He's coming off a serious injury. He's one neck injury away from his career potentially ending. I don't see the future uh, with him under helm. So, you know, if you stick and pick, take your selections in the second overall, you can certainly retool the whole team and then maybe find the quarterback to plug. 
But you could also make this argument. Um, you go and you get the quarter, you go get the quarterback, you spend the picks, and the next year you reset the market with a Justin Jefferson in free agency. You know, you go out and get like the best receiver in football, like a CD Lamb, it, given that these teams let them leave, right? That's pr- very unlikely. We're probably looking at them being franchise tag or being extended by the teams they're currently on. Um, but God willing, one of them hits the open market and the Giants have $70 million in cap space with their new quarterback. And you're like, all right, like this team isn't that far away. We have Andrew Thomas. We have some linchpin pieces. And then you add a superstar receiver to that mix and the offensive line hopefully improving. Um, And you get to keep your first round pick next year. Like that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. You know, you sacrifice the short term for the long term. And the the truth is, though, like you do have a valid point in the sense that the Giants, like the future draft capital does not help Joe Shane, right? I would probably be more willing to give up a first next year than the second rounders this year because those second round picks this year in a very cheap, very deep draft class with tons of support um, in the receiver core or, you know, pass rush or offensive line, wherever you want to allocate them, it is substantial. You know what I mean? You get those pieces now. You keep the set, the cap hits down at multiple positions. Um, if you trust your scouting and you believe that you have some really good players on your board, I think that's a fine move as well. Like you, some people would probably agree. Like you'd be more willing to give up a first round pick next year than two second round picks this year, and maybe that is a valuable uh, choice, right? Because theoretically speaking, if you get a better quarterback, you retool this team, you have a ton of money to spend, Anthony. You might be a decent team next year. That pick may be in the twenties anyway. So you know, if that's the case, you know, hopefully we hope that's the case. But if that's what happens, think about how much of a better deal it is for the Giants and for teams that like let's say like the Patriots are like, yeah, we want their first round pick next year. That's good for the Giants because they're expecting you to be bad, right? They that they're trying to get that pick because they think you're gonna be bad. Um, you have now further incentive to be much better than bad. So you know, the Giants have an opportunity here to potentially make it work, get the quarterback, you know, leverage some of their future draft capital, and on top of it, keep your two second-round picks this year, or at least one of them, um, that you can use on a player at a position that you desperately need, and you have a ton of salary space, and you now write the story of Daniel Jones uh, potentially, def- not potentially, definitely leaving next year, which opens up $30 million available salary space too, uh, maximum. So, you know, you tell me, man, sounds like it sounds like a good deal to me. I would do it personally because the quarterback is the most important position. Um, there's a couple of really great players in this draft class. Maybe that's the way you go. I mean, some people will argue, let's trade down and get J.J. McCarthy at like seven or eight or something like that. Or maybe just take him at six and then you don't have to give up any draft capital. You get J.J. McCarthy, you know, you end up with your second round picks. You go that route and you end up with a player that could be great. You know, who knows? People will argue that. Am I against it? I don't think J.J. McCarthy is worth worth the sixth overall pick, but I I would understand the logic behind it. I could come to wrap my head around the idea of keeping all this draft capital, having all this money, and having a quarterback that you now build around for the future. That's ultimately what I want. I just have my preferences in quarterback. Um, again, my preference is not J.J. McCarthy, but I would get the logic and I could wrap my head around the idea. Um, so that's kind of my take right now, but... In, in the past, like a couple weeks ago, I could see a, I, I, you could make the argument of trading back and getting more draft capital, but now I don't think J.J. McCarthy is getting out of the top 10 picks or top 15 picks based on how things are, are moving in that direction, which says to me it's just a need-based selection. It's not based on his actual grade. It's just because the teams need a quarterback, not because he's actually worth a top 10 pick um, because you don't your stock doesn't rise that much unless 
you know, your your teams are a desperate need for a quarterback. So, you know, that's kind of how I take my take on it right now. There's different avenues the Giants could go. But with the money we have available and, you know, leveraging draft capital for the future and offsetting that with financial flexibility, you go for the quarterback, man. You got to you got to swing for the fences. You got to get the guy that could change your franchise for the next decade. You got to got you have to get a guy. The truth is, my friends, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you need to be taking shots at players that could potentially beat Patrick Mahomes. That is what teams are probably thinking now. How can we beat Patrick Mahomes? You got to take shots on players for that. So that's kind of my take at, the po- at this point in time. And I'm going to quickly respond to that point that you just made. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? The best roster in football could not beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl this year. Look at that San Francisco 49ers uh, offense, defense, the entire lineup. That is one of the best rosters on paper that's probably ever been to an NFL or to a Super Bowl in the NFL. Like, it was that good. They had all pros all over the place, on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, including their coaching staff. They had some of the best coaches in the NFL coaching this year. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best. His staff is deep. It's filled with talent. All of that talent in their coaching staff, on their roster, and they still couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. The only thing that I think could beat Patrick Mahomes, the only thing that we've seen beat Patrick Mahomes, is elite quarterback play. We saw Joe Burrow go crazy in an AFC Championship game and bring the Bengals to a Super Bowl and beat Patrick Mahomes. We saw Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. The only thing that we've seen that has any capability of knocking down a Patrick Mahomes is elite quarterback play. The New York Giants, unfortunately, and I do say, I'm sincere when I say I wish it weren't the case. I wish Daniel Jones developed into an elite quarterback and had the ceiling that some of these other guys have and could have been the guy to beat Patrick Mahomes. Unfortunately, he does not have that ceiling. He will not be bringing elite quarterback quarterback play to the New York Giants, especially considering the fact that he is rather frequently injured. So the New York Giants need to find a quarterback with the upside to have elite quarterback play. That is how you will beat Patrick Mahomes. That is how you will win Super Bowls in this modern NFL. If the San Francisco 49ers can't do it, with that roster and that coaching staff, it tells you that you need an elite quarterback to knock off Patrick Mahomes and the Giants. They're going to be stuck in no man's land if they continue to chug along with Daniel Jones, this guy who you think could be a top 15 quarterback. Top 15 does not cut it anymore in the NFL. You need a top five guy. It's the only way you win Super Bowls. And at the end of the day, yes, I'd love to see the Giants win more regular season games, win more playoff games. We know what the, the main prize is. Every team is looking for Lombardi trophies. And the only teams that get Lombardi trophies nowadays are the teams with the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So for the New York Giants, if that's your mission, if you're trying to make it to the top of the mountain, you got you to gotta swing for the fences. You have to do better at the quarterback position. And again, no disrespect to Daniel Jones. I like Daniel Jones. I rooted for him really hard over the past several years. I was disappointed when we drafted him. I was excited when he took us to a playoff game. I'm a Giants fan. So if he's wearing the Giants helmet, I'm rooting for him and I am a fan of his. But Daniel Jones, if I'm taking my bias aside and I'm looking at this realistically, he is not viewed by any of the other teams in the NFL as a viable starting option. The Giants can't view him that way. They can't view him that way just because they know him on a personal level. He's not a top 10 quarterback, and he's not going to be. So the Giants, they're in a rare opportunity here to find the quarterback with upside to become a top 10 quarterback. So now's the time to capitalize. Now, how much do you sacrifice to do that? Again, that's the main topic of debate now for the Giants. Are they willing to give up a first-round pick in next year's draft? Are they willing to give up both of their second-round picks in this year's draft? Those are the questions that they're going to need to answer, and they're going to begin to answer those questions during the scouting combine next week. Starts on the 29th. We're going to see 
Does Jaden Daniels blow everybody away with his accuracy? Does Drake May fall down the board and maybe land to the sixth overall pick because maybe there were some questions about his cognitive testing? These are possibilities that are going to unfold uh, in this upcoming NFL scouting combine. And this is a really crucial time, which is why I keep mentioning it on this channel in every episode we do. But there's a lot of questions that the Giants need to answer this offseason. How do they fix the offensive line? Where do they gain more pass rushing depth? Uh, what do they do on the back end of their defense in the secondary? Do they retain Xavier McKinney? But the number one question that trumps them all is how do they find a quarterback with the upside to take you to a Super Bowl and take you to win a Lombardi trophy? The answer to that, how do you find that player? You swing for the fences in the 2024 NFL draft because you might not have that opportunity in 2025. You never know when you're going to have this opportunity again. So for the Giants, it might come back to bite them. They might give up a lot of assets, and this team might stink next year, and they might not get the quarterback that, you know, is a top-five guy. But at least you could say you tried if you're Joe Shane. You could say, okay, I went all in. I, I put my chips in the middle of the table. I, I bet it all, and I just made the wrong decision. It, it happens. But the only way that you know is by making the decision and taking the risk. And I think that it is time for the New York Giants to go ahead and take that risk. Uh, and so that's what I want to see them do. And now Daniel Jeremiah is saying that's something that they are considering. We heard a couple weeks ago, Alex, Jordan Rannon of ESPN, who knew exactly what the Giants were doing in last year's draft, targeting a cornerback. He said that they're looking at quarterbacks, and it's the preference, most likely, that they want to take a quarterback in the first round. I think that Joe Shane's feeling the pressure. He knows his back is against the wall. And that's why, again, I think he would prefer to give up draft capital in 2025 versus 2024. He needs some he needs some added talent to this roster, like immediate day one starters. Uh, those you can find in the second round of this year's draft. Next year's draft, that first round pick, you might not have it because you might not have the job. So I'd be more willing to part with that. The more I've thought about it, Alex, that is my answer. I would rather give up two seconds and a first than three seconds. Um, you know, that, that's kind of where, where I ultimately land here if I'm the New York Giants. But again, it's going to be really interesting. It does come down to which quarterback is available for me. Um, and it's going to come down to that for Joe Shane. If somehow Drake May is there at three, Alex, I will be crying tears of joy if I hear the New York Giants have just traded the sixth overall pick to move up to number three. I will cry tears of joy. I, I'm a Drake May fanatic. I think he's excellent. If it's Jaden Daniels, I'm going to say, okay, I'm really excited but I'm nervous. I am scared shitless over that idea. <laughs> that is a decision that does scare me. Um, and one last tidbit of information, Alex, that I'm going to throw at, out at you just because I want to see your reaction and it's fun. I am starting to warm up to JJ McCarthy a little bit. The more I've studied him, the more I've read about him, the more I look into him, I am starting to warm up to it. I still don't think that the Giants are the right solution for him. And so I think that's kind of the last topic of, of discussion that we'll have before we wrap, the, wrap this up, Alex, is one response that a lot of fans might have to this, us advocating for trading up to the number three pick, a lot of fans might say, why don't you just stick and pick and take the best quarterback available at number six? You know that four quarterbacks are going inside the top 10 this year. Someone's taking J.J. McCarthy in the top 10 selections. Why can't that be the New York Giants? And I'm going to give my answer for that, and then I'll let you touch on it before we wrap. My answer to that is J.J. McCarthy has all the tools, the traits, the upside to be a franchise quarterback. He does have those things. I'm never going to deny that he has the potential Unfortunately, though, he's very young and he's very underdeveloped. He's one of those prospects that ideally sits behind a quarterback for at least a year, at least a year, hopefully two years, is like a Jordan Love player. When Jordan Love was drafted at the end of the first round for the Green Bay Packers, they knew they had a long-term plan to develop him so that when he took over as a starter, he could take them immediately to the playoffs like he did this past year. My biggest fear for J.J. McCarthy is that a team is going to draft him inside the top 10 and 
be convinced that he's their savior and he's going to start day one and he's going to have to carry that offense. I don't think J.J. McCarthy is capable of doing those things. He didn't do it in college. He didn't carry an offense. He wasn't the focal point of an offense. So how can you ask him to be the savior from day one? In my opinion, you can't. And you're going to set up unrealistic expectations for him if you do that and maybe kill his confidence and kill his career. So the Giants, for me, are not one of the teams that can comfortably draft J.J. McCarthy because you need to win this season. You need whatever quarterback you're drafting to be your savior in 2024. I don't think J.J. McCarthy can be that. If the Giants had more of a long-term plan, if Joe Shane and Brian Dable were not on the hot seat, okay, sure, take J.J. McCarthy, sit him behind Jones, let him develop. But unfortunately, the Giants aren't in that situation, which is why if they do want a quarterback in this draft, sticking and picking at six and taking J.J. McCarthy, I think that's going to burn them really badly. I think that they need to trade up and draft a quarterback if they're going to take a quarterback. If not, stick and pick at six and take a playmaker and hope that Daniel Jones takes a step forward coming off of this injury. That's how I feel so, about it. And, and, and yeah. I'm sorry, before I say, uh, that's okay. me saying that I am warming up on J.J. McCarthy, and I'm starting to view him as a top 10 pick, just not for the New York Giants situation. So I'll give my devil's advocate on the on the side of drafting J.J. McCarthy because I you guys know my take is usually pretty pessimistic on that front. Um, but I'll I'll try my hand at the other side of the equation. So I'll throw this out there. It really doesn't matter what I think or we think. It really matters how thin the margin is between whatever quarterback is there at three and J.J. McCarthy. How big is the difference in terms of grades between Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy on the Giants board? If it's worth two second-round picks, three second-round picks, if it's worth a first-round selection – then you know maybe you don't you don't do it maybe you don't make that pick um, you know maybe you sit at six and take JJ McCarthy and you and you ride into the sunset with a guy that's twenty one or he'll be twenty one this upcoming season and you know how about this there's another avenue to consider here JJ McCarthy sits for a year behind Daniel Jones Jones is now the bridge quarterback the only problem with that is you're basically telling any free agent that you that you sign right now there's a possibility that we are basically not competing this upcoming season. You know, you're getting paid, but we're going to stink. You know what I mean? Like me or the other, the, uh, the flip side of that is maybe Daniel Jones comes back and has a great year and we trade him. You know what I mean? Comes back, has a really strong season. And you could say this, we'll take on, and this is the, the equivalent, by the way, Anthony, the equivalent of cutting him, trade him, take on half of his salary for the next, for the remaining two years of his contract, take on half the salary, trade him for a mid-round pick. It's basically the same thing as getting rid of him, and you save the same amount of money, theoretically, if, if they can make it work like that, and you get draft capital out of it, and you have now J.J. McCarthy take over after a year of learning behind him in an NFL system. Like, that's another avenue the Giants could go. It's annoying because we have to wait for it, but it is a process that teams do go um, and execute very frequently if they have the luxury of having like a really good quarterback in front of them. Unfortunately, we do not have that situation. Daniel Jones teaching J.J. McCarthy is not exactly what I would say is like a good scenario, um, but it is a scenario and really focusing more on Brian Dable and Shea Tierney getting their paws on J.J. rather than him learning from D.J. specifically. So, you know, that's kind of my vision of what that positive spin could look like. I think the difference between Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy is quite astronomical. Maybe you would disagree with me. Maybe others would disagree with me. The reason I think it's astronomical is because one of them has arguably the best deep ball we've ever seen in college football. A dual threat quarterback can play off script, play in, play in structure, play in rhythm. And that level of foundation is something I would like Brian Dable to build around, right? I love the foundation that Jaden Daniels has as an all-around balanced player with upside around many different categories. I love that. Drake May, similar, right? 
substantial athletic uh, profile, great arm, you know, can make the reads, has some bad tape, has some great tape. That's something that we've seen from any college quarterback. Every college quarterback has bad and good tape. It's how you, they do it at the next level. C.J. Stroud had bad tape, came in and was an elite processor. Um, so, you know, you see exactly what you're working with. It really comes down to the development of the player himself. So I think that Drake May, Jaden Daniels, I'm fine with either of those two guys, as you, as you know, if it means moving on from Daniel Jones and resetting that quarterback window. So, like, right now, if it, go, if it comes down to, like, staying at six and taking J.J. McCarthy, keeping all of our draft capital, opening up substantial money, using Daniel Jones as a bridge – I could wrap my head around it. It's not my preference. I don't think J.J. McCarthy is even relatively close to as good as Jaden Daniels is. However, J.J. McCarthy in the right system could be very good. J.J. McCarthy in a system that has a good offensive line, not not good, a great offensive line, and a very good running game, for example, the Atlanta Falcons, he would be a perfect fit there. He spent his entire career at Michigan with the best offensive line in college football, and just a tremendous running game. That is what he knows. That is what the system um, that he learned in allows him to maximize. If they blend that in with a good passing game where he is capable of making the throws within structure, I think J.J. McCarthy has to be an in-structure quarterback. He cannot be a quarterback that is expected to be productive with a bad offensive line. The Giants right now have a bad offensive line. J.J. McCarthy, you know, you draft him with the intention, we are investing heavily in figuring that line out. If the Giants do not give him that, he will probably fail wherever he goes. Um, So I do think a team with a good OL, a good running game, is a great fit for J.J. McCarthy. Unfortunately, we have neither of those things, especially if Saquon Barkley leaves, which is where the biggest red flags come up for me. I don't know if he can handle a high-volume passing attack. Maybe not now. He could in the future, but it's not the system he learned how to be productive in. So it is a whole mentality shift, a whole structural shift uh, for him. Not to say he can't do it, but it's definitely not what he learned how to do at the collegiate level. So, you know, you know my preferences. I could see the avenue of J.J. McCarthy being very lucrative because you keep all your draft capital and money. But it is a gamble because he's not the best quarterback, and he's not a top three quarterback in this draft class. And I think the margin between Jaden Daniels or Drake May and J.J. McCarthy is quite significant, in my personal opinion. It's pretty significant in terms of being a day one starter in my eyes, but long term, you can absolutely make an argument that with all of the tools, traits, and upside that J.J. McCarthy has, you're you're excited to bank on those, you know, you're excited to bank on those traits. And I know Jaden Daniels has very similar traits and he's an excellent player as well. But one, one of the shining examples, both of those players are undersized, like in terms of their weight, but Jaden Daniels is three years older than JJ McCarthy. So the weight that he's at now might just be the weight that he sticks at. JJ McCarthy's still growing. Like he's not done growing. He's still going to add weight. He, He might even get taller. Like who knows? He's only 21 or 20 years old. So he can continue to grow. So I, I, I think, you know, we'll have more conversations and debate this further as we get closer to the draft and, and give our personal preferences and our rankings on each of these quarterbacks. We'll do all those things. But just kind of as a prelude to that, I'm, I'm just saying this upcoming combine is going to be really interesting. I'm curious to see who walks away as the biggest riser and the biggest faller of these quarterbacks. And that's why I mentioned earlier, we're talking right now about how the expectation is quarterbacks go one, two, three, and Jaden Daniels is expected to be number three. Who knows, man? Maybe after this combine, Jaden Daniels is expected to be the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board, or maybe that's the case for J.J. McCarthy. Maybe McCarthy becomes the first overall pick. Who knows? That's what I love about the common. That's what I love about the pre-draft process, and that's why I find it so fun talking about all these different 
rumors and speculative reports that we hear, Alex, it's so much fun and there are just endless possibilities for this upcoming draft. And that's why I'm super excited just to continue to cover this leading up to the draft all offseason long right here on Fireside Giants. We have a lot of great content planned. We're going to do a breakdown on Jaden Daniels. We'll do a breakdown on JJ McCarthy as well. We'll just keep diving into all of these prospects because we know you guys are interested in them. We know you're interested in hearing our different takes and debates on these different draft picks because again, that number three overall pick, I would love to have it. I would love to be picking top three in this draft and have the opportunity to take a quarterback. But how much do I love it? How much am I willing to sacrifice to make that move? I'm not so sure. I mean, if you want to get up to the first overall pick, you're talking about, what, three first-round picks. So we're talking about three second-round picks for the third overall pick. Again, it's going to be super interesting. I, I am just really excited to continue diving into all of this, but also just really curious to hear everyone else's thoughts down below in the comment section because I think that this is one of those topics and one of those reports that's pretty controversial. You can have a wide range of takes on this. You could say, absolutely not. I don't want any of the quarterbacks in this draft. You could say, move up to number one. You could say, uh, not second round picks, but maybe next year's first. So many different avenues that the Giants could take here. So definitely curious to hear your thoughts. Make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode again. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we'll catch you all on the next one. Have a good one. And Let's go Giants.